So you can play the game and you can try to hide it from yourself, try to hide it from the world, or you can figure out what it is. You can meet it and you can learn to love the shit out of it so you can become free. Spirituality gets a lot of side eye these days. And admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, friends. Hello again from San Diego. I'm here for just a few more days, a little under a week. It has honestly been so lovely, beautiful weather. I'm just really enjoying it down here. Really love the vibe. Really love the beaches. Well, I mean, (laughs) minus the 12 bug bites that I have that are driving me bonkers. That's the only thing that hasn't been great. But other than that, it's been a really, really lovely trip. I think I will be a little bit sad to leave, but you know, I'll be back, I'm sure. So before we dive into the episode for today, I just have a quick little housekeeping item for you. Just some, you know, renaming of some things in my world. So they honestly make a little more sense. And, you know, just wanted to give you that little update so you kind of know what's up and what all the things are. The first one is I have renamed my three-week human design crash course because I realized that the name Immerse doesn't really fit, doesn't really feel super congruent to the content considering that this is all about literally just the basics of your chart and really taking time to understand those. So the three-week human design crash course, it's now going to be called Intro, which is short for Intro to HD because like I said, it's all about the basics, kind of the three most important things that I think you need to know and really integrate and embody to kick off your journey with human design. So yeah, hence the rebrand. I think it makes a little bit more sense now, really a lot more sense now. And, you know, I really do like the name Immerse and I also kind of want everything in my world to feel kind of vibey, like have its own personality. So I have given the 60 minute reading a name and that is Immerse. Honestly, calling it a 60 minute reading just felt so freaking boring. So I really like this a lot better. Plus, it's just a much better fit. Because this is where we really get to dive deep into, you know, more of the details of your chart, more specific information. So yeah, like I said, it just, it just fits and it feels way better. And there's also a VIP option for that one. So Immerse VIP will get you the reading plus those three days of Voxer support. Um, There's more details about that. There'll be a link in the show notes, actually links for all of these in the show notes. So you can find out more information about all of those. And of course, if you have any questions, you know where to find me holler at your girl. (laughs) But yeah, that's my quick little housekeeping update. I think everything is clearer, makes so much more sense. So I'm pretty happy with it. Hope to see you in one of those. And anywho, today's episode, honestly, I was a little bit nervous earlier, but we're feeling okay now. We're getting a little, you know, a little vulnerable with this one, I'll say, because this is all about insecurities, specifically what my biggest insecurity is. And this question was submitted through Instagram, and I thought it was so, so good. So I'm really excited to chat about it today. Was a little nervous, but, you know, excited and nervous. Kind of goes hand in hand. And 
I just want to make a quick side note before I actually really dive into that. Um, I'm going to be every week on Instagram kind of moving forward. I'm going to drop a question box in my stories so you can submit questions, um, you know, topics you want me to cover on the podcast. I'm really excited about this because, you know, I'm really curious what you want to learn more about on the pod or what you want to hear from me, whether it's debunking or reframing things in spirituality itself that you think are, you know, weird or confusing or you don't really understand, whether it's something about me and my journey, you know, honestly, nothing is off limits. (laughs) Um, We're getting, you know, more and more and more vulnerable. I have so many really juicy things planned for you. So anyway, All that being said, nothing is off limits. Any questions, anything you want to hear about, you know, you can always hop in there and submit whatever you've got. I would love to hear from you. So anyway, back to the question at hand, my biggest insecurity. And, you know, I'd be really curious actually to pull the audience on this one, not about my insecurity, obviously, but about kind of each of yours. And, you know, I know this might come as a shock to you. But I've done a whole lot of digging into my own insecurities and really why they exist. And I'm 100% kidding when I say that. Literally, no one is shocked. And if you are shocked, then, I mean, you know, stick around for a while and you'll catch on. Because, honestly, digging into the depths of my soul is literally my life. (laughs) Oh, man, I cracked myself up. But anyway, What I've witnessed both in myself and in many, many others, you know, be it clients, be it friends, really anybody, is that what we say the insecurity is, is not actually what's at the heart of the issue. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) One more time for the people in the back. What we say the insecurity is, is not actually what's at the heart of the issue. And I feel like if that doesn't strike a chord... I'm going to tell you how this has played out for me and, you know, maybe that'll spark some reflection in you and and you'll kind of start to connect some dots for yourself. That's my hope anyway. So if you've asked me at different points in my life, I'd have given you completely different answers, I'd say, but the vast majority of the time, probably, I don't know if I had to guess like 90% or so, I would tell you that my biggest insecurity is something physical, you know, something about my appearance. And this is definitely not unique to me. I'm sure many of you listening, that is a similar story for you because that's where so many of us go. I mean, I would venture to say particularly women. I'm sure men do also. In fact, I have actually known a few friends um, who have had very similar experiences to my own. And, you know, I think I've talked about this a few times in past episodes, so you can hear more there and I'll also get into it a little bit today. But you know, I can only speak to my own experience. So that's what I will be focusing on here. And when I think back, like I said, at all of those different insecurities over the years, what comes to mind first is that, you know, on and off over the years, it was always my stomach. I think that would have probably been the most consistent one, if I had to guess. And, you know, we would kind of joke growing up that I would grow out and then up like I would put on a little bit of weight, not saying I was ever like, you know, super overweight or anything like that. But still, I would put on a little bit of weight and then I would grow taller. So it would kind of even out. And there were definitely times when, you know, I wasn't as slim as a lot of my friends or even as slim as I had previously been myself. Like I said, out and then up, out and then up. That was my pattern which combined with diet culture and all of those sorts of things, it did affect me. 
I can also remember thinking back to, you know, Caitlin circa 2015. My arms were a big fucking deal to me at that point. Uh, in addition to my stomach, I'll say, because, you know, this was peak disordered eating and overtraining days at that point. At that point, though, I can remember I really hated showing my arms because I was super duper insecure about how big they looked like, I mean, just generally (laughs) in existence, but also like specifically pressing against my sides when I was just standing with my arms relaxed. I'm sure you kind of know what I'm talking about. And at this point, looking back, I'm like, hi, it's literally just an arm. (laughs) It has skin. It has muscle. It's going to look different in different positions, like kind of the story for your whole body, right? That's just what it does. But I'll be honest and say it took me a a lot of work, a lot of years to get to this point. I'm not saying it's necessarily easy or anything like that. So, you know, if that's something that you still feel, I have so, so much compassion for you because I've been there. And then, you know, after that, fast forwarding a little bit, once I got sick, it was, you know, my bloat and my inflammation that were really causing me a lot of insecurity. Like, When I was dealing with SIBO, I would eat literally anything, didn't really matter what it was. And my stomach would blow up like a balloon. Like not only was it just inflated, but it was also really uncomfortable and it was like painful to digest food. It was a, it was a fucking time. And so, you know, I was really self-conscious of that bloat as I think many of us are. And then with the inflammation, you know, more often than not, I legitimately felt like the best way I can describe it, I think is... I felt like a sponge that was way oversaturated with water. And I don't know if this is really going to make sense to anyone else. I actually don't know if anybody else who has dealt with inflammation issues like that has felt this way. So I'd be super curious to know. But my like face would kind of get tingly, like my cheeks would kind of get tingly. And that's one of the markers that I would know, oh man, I'm I'm super inflamed. I got to like calm it down a little bit. And, you know, of course, being inflamed, feeling so puffy, my clothes wouldn't fit the same, similar story for bloating even. Um, So for a long time, both when I was kind of at the peak of my illness and during the healing journey for a long time too, it was a huge trigger for all of the disordered thoughts and the, you know, dysmorphic body thoughts. It was honestly a little bit of a mess. And for so long during my body dysmorphia days that, you know, I had hated so much about my body. And then after that, I felt like a stranger in it. Like it wasn't even mine anymore. It was quite a trip, you know, looking back and I'll just mention this really quickly. I have two more episodes cooking and brewing on those two pieces, some really big lessons I've learned because of them. So, you know, you can stay tuned for those. I think they're going to be pretty juicy, but you know, I digress. Something that I realized a couple years ago, and I think this is really, really important, so perk those ears up, is that it was never really about my body. Uh, In fact, that was kind of the topic of the very, well, it was exactly the topic of the very first program I ever launched, which was called Embowered Body. I mean, what a throwback. (laughs) Feels like 17 years ago. But What was actually going on was that my brain was picking apart the way that I looked physically to cover up and sort of distract me from what I was really insecure about. I was never actually afraid that people were going to judge the size of my arms or, you know, what my stomach looked like. And sure, people might have judged me. I don't really know. And honestly, if they did, that's kind of their own shame and judgment that's being projected onto me. It really doesn't have a whole lot to do with me or what I look like. And that's another thing that took me a really long time to learn. 
But, you know, back to the heart of the issue, like what I was truly afraid of wasn't my body, like I said. It was that I wasn't enough. That, you know, me, Caitlin, the person that I am, the human being in this human suit that I'm walking in was not enough somehow. And there is it. You know, there we have it. That's my biggest insecurity is that I'm not enough. And I can look back. You know, I already mentioned some of the ways this played out physically, but it didn't only play out for me physically. You know, like I said, the physical was perhaps the kind of most glaring and most consistent one. But this showed up in all sorts of ways. And if I'm being perfectly honest, it still does sometimes. I would be lying if I said it didn't. It was not smart enough, not pretty enough, not funny enough. Like insert whatever adjective you want. And that was probably, I probably felt it. I would have these gigantic meltdowns back in the day, you know, when I was like writing a paper for school um, crying, like freaking out because if the paper wasn't perfect, if I wasn't going to get the A or the A plus, then that meant something about me, right? That it meant that I wasn't good enough or smart enough. Other times I would put my foot in my mouth and say, you know, things that were kind of off color and like really not natural to me, not things that I would really say, but I would say them in an attempt to be funny enough to fit in, you know, so I was good enough and loved enough and, you know, whatever. And in fact, just the other day, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe this was two weeks ago as I'm recording this, maybe not even, but I got super, super triggered uh, with my coach or by my coach. Um, She was giving me feedback, but little Caitlin, (laughs) this little part of me that believes that she is not good enough and is terrified that the world is going to find out, she got so triggered by this and I got really frustrated and I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Like, why am I so frustrated by this? But I wanted to kind of throw my hands up and and say like, why even bother? Like if I'm not good enough, then why would I try? And, you know, thinking back on this and as I'm kind of saying it, it, it really does make me a little bit emotional. Like <laughs> I'm a 30 year old, you know, grown ass woman And there's a part of me that is legitimately still terrified that I'm not enough. And like I said, that the world is going to find out. (laughs) I mean, I've done enough work at this point to know that that's not true. It's just my ego, my brain, you know, that protection mechanism, whatever it is. But I feel like I've said this in a few other episodes now, including my last solo. If you haven't listened, I would go check that out. But these little wounded parts of us never really go away. They're always going to hang out. Sometimes they get quieter than others, but they're always there. And, you know, there will literally always be a part of me that's afraid of not being enough. And it will get triggered (laughs) and things will happen. But that's exactly why I do this work, right? And why I will continue to do it for the rest of my life is so that I can spend the majority of my moments feeling really fucking good in my skin and in who I am instead of feeling really fucking insecure and afraid that everybody's going to see and reflect back to me that I'm not enough, right? Because that's that's bullshit. And it's so that when, you know, that little part of me, when little Caitlin does get triggered and afraid, when she is freaking out that she's not enough and that somebody found out, that I can give her what she needs in that moment. And I can meet her and hold her and tell her, you know, it's okay to feel scared. And it's okay to feel exactly the way you feel. And that we are and we have always been enough. So 
(laughs) you know, short and sweet, I think. But the big takeaway here, it's not about your body. Or, you know, if that's not your biggest insecurity, it's not about how smart you are or how pretty you are or whatever it is that you believe that you are and, you know, you believe to be true about yourself. There's something deeper at play. So you can play the game and you can try to hide it from yourself, try to hide it from the world, or you can figure out what it is. You can meet it and you can learn to love the shit out of it so you can become free. Like you always have that choice. You always have that choice. But I'm going to gently, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge you towards the ladder because that's really how you get free, like I said. And if you're like, fuck, I <laughs> I want that for myself, but I'm kind of scared. I don't know what I'm going to find and I don't want to do it alone and I don't know what it, where to start and all the things like, hi, raising my hand. You know where to find me. Come ask questions. Let's talk all the things. So with that... <laughs> something a little lighter. (laughs) What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? Now, this one has just recently come up. So I don't think I've told you guys this before, but I didn't necessarily tell my boss that I'm doing this nomad thing. (laughs) We have an office. I don't necessarily need to go into said office all the time. We do have 100% remote as an option at the company where I moonlight as a nine to five employee. But yeah, I I didn't really tell them that I don't live near my office anymore. And there's always been this kind of looming threat because sometimes, I'll say pretty infrequently, but every so often there will be something that I actually have to be present in real life for. And we have now reached the first time (laughs) where I have had an, oh fuck, I have to get my ass to LA. And I'm not I mean, luckily, I'm only in San Diego right now. I have to drive there in the morning to do these in-person focus groups. But yeah, I'm really lucky that the first time this happened, I was only in San Diego. And it's a relatively easy jaunt up there. If I had been in like Arizona or something, I'll probably be in Denver in a couple months. Like that would be a little bit hard of an issue. So uh, yeah, this is my oh shit moment. My what the fuck am I doing moment flying under the radar as as a nomad. Literally, why doesn't teleportation exist yet? So my friends, that is it for me for today. If you enjoyed this episode, if you found any part of it useful, resonant, all the things, please consider sharing it with a friend. If you share on Instagram, make sure to tag me. I love to see it. You can also support the show by following, subscribing, um, And leave a rating and review, a five-star rating. I would love that so, so much. If you DM me a screenshot of that before you submit it, I will give you access to my super secret, not that crazy playlist I curate just for you all, just as my little way of saying thank you for the support and let's party together (laughs) virtually. And finally, my musing of the week, based on my experience here in San Diego with those 12,000 friggin' bug bites that I have now, does one ever get immune to mosquito bites? I feel like I saw or heard something somewhere the other day that said, yes, you kind of can, but I have literally no idea where that was, so I cannot confirm nor deny. And actually funny timing that I think I saw that, maybe I made it up honestly, but I was talking to a friend a couple days ago and he was saying that, no, even when he lived in the jungle for a few months, and the mosquitoes were, you know, out and about eating him alive. He was like, they're always itchy. They're always annoying. You literally don't get immune to it. 
And if that's the case, then I guess it's a really good thing that I don't live in the jungle or in the South or anywhere that's humid or anywhere that there are a lot of mosquitoes because this honestly really sucks. And I hope they go away soon. I feel like it's been so long and they're just lingering, making my life crazy. <laughs> all right, friends, that's all I've got for you today. I hope you have an amazing day, week, all the things, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.